Hello, 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 and welcome to yet another episode of Just Saying Sports with Jake and Sean. My name is Jake Annip, here with the one, the only, the executive producer, and my co-host, Sean Dwyer. How you doing? We are back now after the NBA draft, before free agency gets started, to kind of give you our recap and our version of uh, 10 questions for the NBA draft after everything is shaken out. Uh, you know, the top three picks went just about as we planned with Zion Williamson going to New Orleans, uh, John Morant going to Memphis, and then R.J. Barrett going to the New York Knicks. He's got shaken up, and uh, we got a lot to talk about here today. Uh, we're going to dive right into this. At first, I want Sean to read out all the top 10 picks in order from number one to number 10, just so, uh, or actually go through the whole lottery, just so the people know exactly who got picked where. All right, lottery picks go Pelicans, at number one, Zion Williamson, John Morant, two to the Grizzlies, R.J. Barrett, three to the Knicks, DeAndre Hunter, by way of many trades, number four to the Hawks, Darius Garland to the Cavaliers at five, Jarrett Culver, picked by the Suns, traded to the Timberwolves at six, the Bulls take Kobe White at seven, Hawks pick again at eight with Jackson Hayes, Wizards go nine, Rui Hachimura, the Hawks again end up with the 10 pick and Cam Reddish. The Timberwolves traded their pick to the Suns at 11, and the Suns took Cameron Johnson. The Hornets took P.J. Washington. The Heat, Tyler Hero, and Ryan at the lottery. The Celtics took Romeo Langford. All right. So we're going to start off with our first of, question, first of our 10 questions. Number one, we'll start off at the top of the draft and kind of work our way down. I mean, Zion Williamson goes first. Is anybody surprised, right? Yeah, no, if anybody is surprised by that, I don't know what they've been watching, where they're getting their information. No, I mean, they since the first time he threw down a dunk at Duke, it's been uttered over and over and over and over again. And that's kind of how they're, – they're, the hype train works pretty well in the NBA. Yeah. And, I mean, Zion captained that hype train as far as he could at Duke until he ran into those uh, pesky little Spartans. <laughs> But anyways, uh, I'm not surprised he went number one. If if they would have taken somebody else, it would have been like, it have been like the biggest shock of the century. So yeah, I yeah. mean, Zion going to New Orleans, especially after them dealing Anthony Davis, you know they're they're going young and they're going to try and build this 18 year old team into a championship team in the next five years. Yeah, that's what they're going to have to do. All right, question number two: Who would you rather have, DeAndre Hunter, who went at number four to Atlanta? Or Jarrett Culver, who ended up via trade going to Minnesota? To me, it's DeAndre Hunter. He proved more on the defensive side of the ball. I know Culver proved he can score in volumes, and he's a great scorer. But I think Hunter is not much worse of a scorer than Culver is, and I think he provides a much better defensive uh, background, just kind of that 3 and D type that people are trying to go to in the NBA. And I know some people have thrown the Kawhi comps on him. Although I don't buy it 100% but I can see where people are getting that idea from with DeAndre Hunter. And I think that he could be a guy that's in the league 10, 12 years and just carves himself out a nice role and sticks to it. See, I'm on the other side of the board. I think I would take Jared Culver. I mean, obviously I got to see a little bit more of him play. I actually saw him play, um, you know, in the final four and against Michigan state watching him. I was, you know, I was impressed. I mean, he's a six, seven shooting guard. Uh, you said you said he can score in volume. I mean, he doesn't. He's not the best shooter, but he's a good slasher. He can get to the rim. He, he has that James Harden, and if he works on that jump shot, 
I think Jared Culver can be a threat at that number two spot. But he's also good on defense. I know people give Hunter that Kawhi-esque, uh, you know, comparison, which I, I, you know, I don't disagree with to a degree. Uh, there's some, you know, there's some flashes of, of defensive prowess like that. And uh, I, but I think Derek Culver has just as many skills. He's a long bodied kid and uh, he, he is kind of an all around basketball player. I think he's going to translate well into the NBA. So I'm going to take Derek Culver on that one. All, all right, right. Number three. Yeah. Number three. Yeah. Kobe white. Who would you rather have, Kobe White or uh, Darius Garland? To me, it's Kobe White, and it has nothing to do with anything against Garland. It's just to me that I don't care how good of a player you are. When you're coming off only a four-game season in college, I can't make the number a top-five investment in you. Kobe White, I think, throughout the season, proved that he is a scorer. He can lead the team. He can do everything that needs to be done. So I don't know why you would take a guy in Garland who you don't have any a lot of film on compared to Kobe White, who you've got a lot of film on at North Carolina, playing three times against Duke, playing in the ACC with better competition. I don't know how you come up with Garland over Kobe White. Yeah, I mean, I'm in the same boat. You, you got a lot of the words out of my mouth, but I mean, Kobe White, uh, just watching him, he's a, he's a scorer. Uh, he's bigger than Garland. I mean, Garland's you know going to run the point, uh, but he, he's a smaller guy. Uh, I, I really don't know much about him exactly. So that's one of my big things with Kobe White is especially him playing at UNC. A couple other of his teammates getting picked in the top uh, 15 here. Uh, but, yeah, I'll take Kobe White as well. Number four, Cam Reddish slipped all the way down to number 10. Are we surprised one way or the other that that happened? No. I, I, I'll, I'll start. I'll, I can start on that because I don't think so. All right. Yeah, no, you go first. Yeah, yeah no, I don't think so. Like, we, we, we knew he was the third best Dukey. We knew that he was kind of slipping down the draft boards as it came out. And I mean, he was the third fiddle uh, the whole season. And I think his attitude had some issues, Uh, but either way, I don't think, I I think we knew Cam Reddish was a top 10 talent, but it was just who was going to take him and him getting all the way down to number 10 doesn't, doesn't surprise me whatsoever. No, it doesn't surprise me either. And I was of course listening to some of the, pre-draft shows and listening to some stuff that was being said and there's a radio interview from a guy who was related to coach k he's from coach k's immediate family who was saying the big question about cam reddish is his motor and his desire to play the game and if that's coming from someone close to coach k i mean what are the odds that coach k has talked about that it, they're pretty high so Coach Case even got questions about Cameron just going into the draft about this stuff. And he could prove us all wrong and be a great player in two years. And I could see that happening. He's got the raw skill. It's just a matter of what he does with it. And I think that he could turn out to be a steal at 10. He could turn out to be a bust at 10. It's just I think 10 down was a good range for him I, with question marks. Yeah, I was going to say, I could see Cam Reddish five years from now playing a role like Fred Van Vliet did for the for Toronto this year. Like, kind of like going under the radar for a minute, not really showing out, and then kind of just turning on at one point, you know? Yeah. All right. Question number five Tyler Hero going number 13. Do you think, I mean, do you think he was worthy of a lottery pick? No, I don't think Tyler Hero was. He got, he got labeled as a shooter at Kentucky, and he, you start looking at some of his numbers, and he, but he was not a shooter. He really wasn't the kind of guy who was going to go out and make multiple threes in a game. He wasn't a guy that really was 
a great shooter. He shot 35% from three for the season. And I don't that's, that's not, average. That's not lottery pick shooter to me. So if you're not gonna make the commitment to a pure shooter, there are some other guys I liked at that 13 spot for Miami. And that was those were, you know, Brandon Clark, Romeo Langford, even I think is a better driver and scorer than Tyler Hero is. And Nikhil Alexander Walker is another guy that I would have taken over Tyler Hero. All right, I'm just going to move on to question number six. (laughs) Um, Because you just kind of brought up um, one of these guys with Brandon Clark. uh, Now Memphis gets Brandon Clark and John Morant, and we know they picked up the Spartan dog, Jaron Jackson Jr., last year, who was in the Rookie of the Year conversation. And we we both have said that we thought he was going to turn into a fantastic end. He's learned a lot already. I mean, what do you think about the future in Memphis? I am not concerned at all about Jaron Jackson Jr. I am not concerned at all about John Morant. Brandon Clark is the kind of has the only question marks out of those three guys of them forming their own big three in two drafts. And the thing that Brandon Clark is his jump shot. You know, last year he shot 26% from three, but he shot 70% from two point range. He is a get to the rim and score guy. And he's another player that needs to develop an outside game just to help him get the lanes to drive. He needs to be a threat from out deep. But I think Memphis is building themselves a really nice core with those three guys and possibly adding a little bit in free agency. I think Memphis is going to be a lot better than some people can forecast. Well, I mean, Memphis Memphis does have some good veteran guys who are gonna, still going to be around for a year or two to be able to teach these young dudes. I mean, John Morant, isn't, I don't think he's going to take the reins for at least another full season. Uh, if he does end up playing at the one in Memphis, it's it's still going to be a young core driven by veterans, and I think it'll be able to work out because, I mean, Jaron's progression over the last year was fantastic. I mean, John Morant, he, he's a pretty good talent, man, all across the board offensively, and – I think that's probably what Memphis was really missing. So if they can step in there, uh, the next few years are probably they're not going to be no you know no top top ten pick in the next few years. No, they're not going to be. I think one of the things that's really going to help John Morant is he's going to learn under fire this season with the Mike Conley trade going down. He is the the guy in Memphis who's going to start. It's going to be his show. It's just a matter of what he does with it is going to be what happens. All right, going on to the next one, number seven. Jake, the Warriors went with Jordan Poole at number 28 in the first round. What do you what do you think on that one? Well, I mean, a lot of people were scratching their heads on the pick. I I wasn't quite sure that, that he was gonna go in the first round. I didn't think he I, I mean I didn't think I thought he might get drafted in the second round. But I mean when you get down to that 30 spot, I, sometimes I think they take a gamble. I don't know what they're going to try to do to fit him in the system or where he's really going to, you know, find his blossoming point there. But if they're trying to turn him into a shooter, they, they took him to the right place. I mean, he has the skills to do it. Uh, I wasn't, I wasn't sure he was going to go in the first round. And I, I saw a lot of experts or ana- analysts kind of scratch their head about this pick. Yeah. The thing for me is if they wanted him to be a shooter, they, they took the right guys. He's a volume three-point shooter. He took 200 threes last season, shot 37%. For his career in Michigan, 
So he is not a jump-off-the-page shooter, but he is a guy who has the confidence to develop into that. This is kind of where I saw a Tyler Hero going. Um, that's where I – this is the spot. I just Jordan Poole, to me, was a high second-round, mid-second-round pick. I think the Warriors reached, but if that's the guy that they wanted, they got him. So, All right, number eight. Bull Bull goes to Miami in the draft and gets the draft rights traded to Denver. What do, what do you got there? I mean, I, it doesn't surprise me that he slid, but they put him in the green room and he went all the way to 44, which kind of sucks. Uh, but either way, I mean, I, I think – I mean, we'll get back to this later. I mean, if he's able to, like, really kind of fit in, I mean, that is something that you can't pass up. And I mean, if he's if he's going to end up going to Denver, playing in that bottom role while Jokic is still dribbling around the outside, and they have two huge people down there with the guards that they'll have with Jamal Murray and Gary Harris. I mean, Denver Denver got a steal at forty four with the way that they worked it out. Uh, I, I mean, what is his wingspan? Almost eight feet. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Uh, yeah, and I mean, he, his his standing reach is like over twelve feet, uh, so it's it's pretty ridiculous. Um, I'm I'm surprised he fell as far as he did, but I, I, the only thing I would be concerned about is his injuries. Yeah, it's the injuries is one of the things. The other things is you. There's always that one player in every draft where the reports come out where there's questions about how much they really like basketball, and this year it was bull ball, and that's that's why he fell down, coupled with the injuries. I don't know about that. I I think he could end up being a steal. I think he could end up being one of those guys. Teams are like, "Ooh, we missed. We dodged a really dodgeable. They got that one right." It's another guy to me where we don't know what the play is going to be until he gets into an NBA program and kind of figures it all out. So number nine, Jake Carson Edwards ends up with Boston, a player, Big Ten Player of the Year candidate, was a monster in the NCAA tournament. He goes in the second round to Boston. You got anything on this one? I mean, Carson Edwards is uh, is almost like a Kyrie type of player where he's just going to put up 25 shots in a game. Uh, Trey Young-ish, but I mean, I think he's a better scorer than Trey Young is, to be honest with you, but he doesn't have the, the passing skill. I don't know if he'll be able to run a team like Boston. And I don't think it'll – I think it'll be a while before Carson Edwards is actually the one who's relied upon uh, in Boston, even with Kyrie on the way out. Uh, what, what do you think? I, I'm kind of on the same page as you. I think if there was a point guard in Boston like Kyrie, a guy who was a ball-dominant player, it would be a lot better for Carson Edwards. Now when you start looking at their roster right now, Boston, just as it is right now, they haven't re-signed Rozier. Kyrie's on the way out. And unless you see a – under five foot ten, Tremont Waters running the point in the NBA. It's going to be Carson Edwards um, as of right now, and I think that that's just too much to put on a rookie on a team that's supposed to be competing for the Eastern Conference Finals visit. I think that he would have been a lot better in a role as a number two guy, just straight number two, run the offense, get open shots, and take them. I don't know with putting the point guard role kind of on his shoulders, which it looks like could happen. I think that's just putting him in a bad situation and I hope that they end up getting a point guard because I think he could be a very special two guard. I don't know something about he needs it. A score. I, he needs yeah. a score. He doesn't need to pass. I, I think that 
that role fits him perfectly. Just get the ball and score. I think he could be a lot, but I think he could be worth higher than the 33rd pick eventually. If he gets to a point where he's just taking shots. Okay. We have reached question numero DS number 10. The final question, which I kind of touched on a second ago is who do you think is the biggest steal of the draft, Sean? I'm going to go with Kyle guy, university of Virginia, national champion going to the Kings in the late second round. He was a great shooter at Virginia, played good defense at Virginia. And the role that I see him right away in the Kings lineup is a bench contributor who is going to be one of those guys who you see on sports center is going to make seven or eight threes and a half and just be on fire. I think that's going to win Sacramento some games because that's just the guy he is. He's going to come in, play defense and shoot threes. And eventually he's going to get a bigger role. And I think Kyle guy might be a, Carson Edwards type shooter in the NBA. I think they're going to end up being the same player kind of in the NBA, which we wouldn't say about college, but in the NBA, more offense driven, I think they could end up being comparable players. All right. Well, I kind of touched on mine a minute ago, but I think Bobo, I'm just going to put my money on him and say he actually has a, a 10 or 12 year NBA career where, uh, where he is a factor in basketball games. So at 44, I think that's a pretty good steal. But that's our NBA draft show. Uh, we, we talked a bit about the lottery there for you, a little bit outside of it. And, uh, I mean, nobody's surprised with really what, what happened. I mean, the pit, we didn't really talk about the Pistons, but they took a Frenchman. I don't even want to, I don't even want to butcher his name right now. Yeah, no. I, uh, I, it was Siku or... Uh, either I'm not even going to take a chance at it. Yeah, either way, I don't want to butcher his name, but uh, we, we really haven't given our thoughts on him, but that'll be for another time. There's going to be NBA free agency coming up. We're going to have prospect shows and a mid-season MLB show coming your way, so keep a lookout for that. Otherwise, make sure you listen, subscribe, you know, do all the good, dirty work for us, and uh, we'll keep the podcast coming. So without further ado, my name is Jake Adnip. I'm Sean DeWire. This is Just Saying Sports. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week.